0: what's going on y'all welcome to the home and away podcast on the no ceilings nba draft podcast feed my name's Corey tulliba i'm your host today for this week's episode as you know on the home and away podcast we have a home usually we have an away um today it's actually kind of an away for me because my wi-fi is not working and i am at my uh, parents' house in my brother's room. Um, so it, truly diving all into the away portion of this podcast. And we have the conductor of chaos at No Ceilings with us today, Tyler Rucker, on the line. First time caller, long time listener. My man, what's going on?
1: On the line, baby. No, I'm doing good, Corey. I will admit to everyone listening that when I saw your backdrop, I was like, "Okay, there's some there's some questions. Um, You're in a different room. I I needed some answers. Mm -hmm. I was scared to get those answers. But now that you've you've told me the Wi-Fi situation, you know, hat tip to you. You just you Mm -hmm. deliver. People want the podcast. You delivered. You found a way to to pivot and make some stuff happen on the line. So I really appreciate that.
0: Well, look, you got to step up. You have to adapt. I'm using my GoPro camera today because I figured we got to get a little bit of practice because a little announcement for everybody, your boys are going to be at uh, the Nike Hoop Summit next week, I believe, uh, in Portland, Oregon, which I'm super excited about myself, the Tylers, Albert, and we're going to be filming some content, and I got this new GoPro So I figured test it out today, test run on the Home and Away podcast. So when we get to Portland, we could film the best content possible for, you know, all of our our loyal, you know, listeners, subscribers, watchers, you know, the
1: gang. It's gonna be awesome. I, I mean, I've never even met Metcalf, so it's gonna be pretty crazy. I've done like 50 podcast episodes with him, never even met the guy. So um, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited to be going with all you guys to to Portland. It's my first time going to Portland, and we're gonna see plenty of exciting hoops. the The rosters got announced; they look fantastic. So I'm I'm really really intrigued. Plenty of Ronnie James coverage, I guess. I, I guess we can't get to this
0: <laughs> yeah. Th- there's gonna be a lot of brawny stuff. I think maybe minimal from us, but we'll you know we'll cover them. we we'll, we're gonna cover the whole uh, gauntlet. But uh, I'm already looking up on Yelp, like, you know, the nice restaurants that we're going to hit. So uh, it's, it's going to be a really, really good time. Let's hope the weather is, you know, agreeable with us. But tonight, because that's going to be future content tonight for the home and away podcast, I'm going to do something different from what I normally do on this podcast feed. Normally Albert and I on the draft act show, we go through one prospect per episode and we go really in depth with the scouting, but I decided that I was going to reach out on Twitter. And um, I was going to have people who follow me have the opportunity to do a little Q&A and throw whatever questions they have about this draft our way. And us, as the quote-unquote draft experts, um, we're going to answer them. Or at least do our best. So let's get it started. Um, hot and heavy, we are going to start it off with a couple of guys that we've had a lot of internal discussion about. They're brothers. They play for the overtime elite. Uh, Daniel Mortensen, the third, asks, favorite team fits for the Thompson twins? I'm starting to talk myself into a SAR in Orlando. So, what are your favorite fits for the Thompson twins?
1: I, you know, first of all shout out to everyone that submitted a question Uh, going through all the list of questions I was like oh my gosh I love you guys like just pouring in the questions left and right there's some really, really good ones too, but um to answer Daniel's question i'm right there with him. I think Asar to Orlando's probably warming up as one of my favorite places for for him to end up. gosh man a, a man is such a fascinating one we really have had a lot of internal discussion about the thompson twins some good some bad kind of all over the place his favorite fit you know i guess everyone's going to keep talking about san antonio and i really do think that that would be an intriguing one that if they believe in a man specifically that's a great place for him to go um what about you corey what about off the top of your head this is a tough one like because it the, is a the tough more one we go in depth throughout the the cycle i keep finding myself trying to convince myself with like the the match with some teams like i don't know portland maybe but there's also going to be some team that's just like hey there's too much talent we're we're jumping all over it so i'm going to throw a little wild card at you for yeah. man i don't know if
0: you've been following the the nba at large lately but the dallas mavericks are a late contender <laughs> in the race to the bottom what if The Dallas Mavericks, who are currently at the 10th pick, which means they keep their pick. It's top 10 protected. What if they jump up into the top four? Let's say they get the fourth pick. And Brandon Miller, Scoot, and Victor Wimbanyama are all off the board. And Dallas says, I know that Luka is a guy who needs the ball in his hands. We need a little bit of athleticism on this team. We need somebody who's dynamic on this team. We need somebody that could take the ball out of Lucas' hands a little bit, allow him to play off the ball, still young enough to grow with him. What if I'm in Thompson ends up on the Dallas Mavericks?
1: It makes sense. The the problem is all of this, and and we love everybody in the draft community, and we don't want everyone to think we're Thompson haters. But you're gonna get to a point with this lottery where things could get interesting. Of like, okay, where do we put a man? Yeah, um, because like Indiana's at seven. I don't really see that making a lot of sense with all that backcourt they have. Um, maybe Utah. I I don't know. Portland's also I, like
0: I like Portland for this reason. Now I don't know what's going on with Dame. Yeah, I don't. And I None don't. of us do. None of us do. I I don't know what his intentions are. I think Portland will probably want to keep him for as long as he wants to be around. But if he eventually says I'm ready to move on and it might not be this year, th- we we know them taking Shaden Sharp last year when there were a lot of questions, they're not afraid to um you know, take a a chance on somebody. So it, when I think of his fit with with Dame, I think, all right, maybe not the best fit in the world. Dame can definitely play off ball. Um, but in the long term, if you're building around Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Amen Thompson, it's a pretty good mix of guys who could play on or off the ball, at least for Simons and and Sharp, uh, and just super dynamic and athletic. So I, that's kind of interesting. As far as Asar, I really think he would be interesting next to Lamelo uh as, as potentially another like wing scorer but also a guy that is going to be put in position next to LaMelo similarly to playing with Amen like he knows how to play off another guy who can dominate the ball um and then I think they need an influx of young athleticism at the wing spot so I think he would be really interesting in Charlotte but you know it's not it's not like they're always super clean i, I mean Orlando I think Asar would be great uh at that two spot. Cause I do think people are underselling the fact that Foltz is probably like going to be a starter for them for a while, unless they move off and they trade him while he has some value. He's been playing really, really well. So um, I think Amen's a little bit trickier there. Cause I do think you want Paulo and, and Franz to have the ball in their hands. And I think we've mentioned this. Asar is probably a little bit more likely to, to translate early on. Uh, but those are, and, For our men, Washington? Yeah. I think him and Beal are weird, but interesting in the backcourt together. Him and potentially Johnny Davis, who's showing some signs of life. Shout out Metcalf. Um, There are a lot of interesting spots for those guys. Maybe no perfect fits.
1: (laughs) There's no perfect one, but there's a lot of spots like we're talking ourselves into it. We can see it. Um, Dallas is the fun one because you know, Kyrie, obviously they got a decision to make this offseason. Yeah. And yeah, we do want Luka to have the ball, but what about getting some, some upside with the playmaking and the explosiveness and transition demon potentially? I still think Portland makes sense to me. I really do think it, but there's also going to be some teams that if, if you believe you're going to have a shot to go up and get them because some of those teams might be like, Hey, we, We're at a point where, you know, maybe Portland's picking sixth and Dallas is 10. Dallas like, hey, we want to come up. And it's like, okay, well, make us an offer. And then maybe Dallas is buying into that. But I still think, like, Portland could be intriguing because we've seen how good Shaden Sharp looks right now. They're giving him an extended run. He's looked great throughout the season. And they got to think long term. And a long term idea of Shaden Sharp and a man running the the wings together. My goodness. that, That sounds really, really fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Let's uh, let's move on to our next question. Okay. Josh, Josh Roberts uh, at J jazz three asks, and I'm excited about this question. Where are you at on Sensiba? Oh
1: gosh. I didn't even make it 15 minutes in before we got Bryce sensible. on mean, that's right. Okay. So Corey's really high on sensible. Where do you have him right now? Let's spill the beans. All right.
0: I have him right now. Let me pull up the board. I have him at nine, but that I could talk myself into having him at seven or eight as well.
1: Okay. And who are you having him ahead of? Like, let's throw out some names just to get some people Um, of like how high you really are on him. Like some, uh, some names that might shock people, like, you know what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Jet Howard, uh, uh, Jalen Hood-Scafino, Casey Wallace. Um, I have him right ahead of Taylor Hendricks. Um,
1: which is a big one. Everyone might be like, Whoa. "Which is a
0: big one?" Who I, I I have Taylor Hendricks at ten right now. So I have I have Hendricks top ten, and I've I, I've been, you know, thinking to myself a lot. But I could talk myself into him over Cam Whitmore, and I could talk myself over him uh, on Anthony Black as well. I think both okay. of those guys have some question marks. But right now, I have both of those guys slightly ahead I th- I think Cam showed a lot to close out the year. I don't love his context. I'm worried about the fact that his passing was like all-time non-existent this year, but having seen enough Villanova including in person, it's not something I'm like fully fully worried about although I do think context is going to be pretty dependent for those guys. What I like about Sensaba over those guys ahead is that I think he's going to fit into just about any kind of roster construction that you draft him into. I think he's shown some pretty unbelievable shot making on some just out-of-this-world efficiency. But while he's so good on the ball, he's as good as a shooter off of it. He has a claim, in my opinion, to be, you could argue that he is the best shooter in this class. I would put Jordan Hawkins there. But there's an argument percentage-wise, efficiency-wise, that it's Sensaba. So I'm really high on him. I think he's got the – like he he has to get in better shape, and I think he's that's something that he will focus on. Uh, I think we're definitely going to see a picture at the right angle with the right lighting at some point during this pre-draft process where we're like, whoa, Bryce Sensaba, ripped. Yeah. Guy's been doing some yoga. Uh, I think he's got good length. I think he's strong. I think he has the kind of frame that holds up under an nba context so i'm really high on him i I think this is a guy when we look back just go man i think we kind of overthought it a little bit
1: there's a range in this draft that i think we're starting to see it now with with the modern nba i think teams are finally starting to hunt shooting in the draft like if you go back in the history you'll find plenty of college shooters that were elite floor spacers that just went later like it wasn't prioritized and i think now you're starting to see that there's a do- desire to go target these guys earlier on and that's why jordan hawkins continues to make buzz as a guy that's climbing up boards especially with this tournament run and i think sensible is the next guy in line that could really impress some people and make some some noise like you're saying throughout the pre-draft the pre process for sensible is going to be his bread and butter because he's going to yeah. get in a gym <laughs> by himself he's gonna shoot the lights out um if he tests well if there's good intel yeah he's gonna be a guy that climbs a bunch like i'm I'm put him in a three on three yeah in a workout he he might be a guy you don't want to go play against because he's exactly he'll make you look silly even if you defend his lights out because he is a tough shot maker and um, you know, I've had him around 20. I'm revamping my whole board right now when I'm doing all these finals breakdowns on YouTube. And Sensible is coming up on my list. I won't be shocked if I start moving him up again. And I and I've kind of been his harshest critic throughout the year just because I'm I'm still looking for the versatility. But I think you get to a point where it's like the shot making is ridiculous. He was efficient. He's got good size. He's around six six, and he's a load to deal with because he knows how to use his body. He's smooth, um, and he's shown. That he can be a tough shot maker, which I have always said, I believe that is a skill. So, Sensible is another one that, if you're looking for guys that could get up into the lottery, or late lottery, or even higher, or maybe that's a guy you want to target when you get right outside the lottery, I think he'll be in that conversation for sure.
0: And I, I did a piece on him at NoCeilingsNBA.com. You could search it up. Just. Or, you know, Bryce Sensiba on the search bar and you'll find it. And I truly believe that he has the potential to be the evolutionary DeMar DeRozan. It's it's scary how closely doesn't sense. I mean, it's scary at how how close they their movements on the court, how, how scary they are. Except he shoots threes. Now, DeMar is significantly more athletic throughout his career, but he didn't have the aspect of his game to go outside into the mid-range. Um, even to this day, like Sensibot does. So I, and, and I think he's, I think he could pass. I know the assist numbers aren't terrific, but he made some passes where I was like, whoa, like that's some high level stuff. Like live dribble, weak side hits, um, that I was like, Hey man, NBA spacing, NBA shooters. This dude's going to be able to leverage that. And, um i think he's just so skilled so i'm i'm in there's stuff that he's got to improve the defense got to get better but I, I think when we look at a league that's just off- offense 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 right now yes. he's one of the safest players that we can look at in that lottery range so um i've i've had him at i think i've had him as high as seven um i had him there for a while i may ultimately you know when i re-watch him bring him back there but right now i have him in in that seven to nine range, I have them at about nine, uh, because you know, Cam is just a monster truck on a basketball court. So
1: um But you also get Corey, like the last thing I want to say is like you're looking at the Tankathon projections right now. And you're, like yeah. I get to like New Orleans and I'm like, okay, that's where that conversation could even get serious. Is like, okay, we get a since all these teams, all scouts, everyone, evaluators, even us, we're looking for guys like what is their NBA skill. And skill, his elite skill right now, is something that is really, really wanted and desired in the NBA because it is a league right now where it is just pummeling in offense. Like you are trying to put points up on the board quickly, and teams are putting up crazy production. So like New Orleans has a lot of defensive talent on the team. If they get Sensiball, where they're just like, okay, we got a, a microwave bucket getter. Right in the rotation. Um, OKC's next. Maybe they're looking for another boost in the in the wings. Toronto, Orlando. Orlando. Orlando, even at eleven. If Orlando's like, hey, mm-hmm. we we take the swing at five and we get sensible who's just coming in and getting buckets. Um, there's a lot of teams that make sense. Like a lot. Yeah. And I know every Laker fan's gonna be circling the wagons with if he was there at sixteen. They'd be like, Oh, we need this guy. It's like, yeah. yeah. LeBron would like to be throwing uh, (laughs) catch-and-shoot opportunities to ball. That would be nice.
0: (laughs) That would be nice. Um, Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into some more questions. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. All right. Uh, perceptive thoughts at Maverick twenty one ninety asks best two way wing available that is not projected to go in the top five. Best
1: two way wing. I'm
0: going to throw it out to you.
1: Okay. I'm going to not do my obvious one. So you go ahead, start it off.
0: All right. Uh, well,
1: I'm going to go. Names. I'm going to throw out Colby Jones to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love him. I just finished, um, if you're listening to this, you haven't checked out YouTube, I just finished his finals dive, which basically if you're not familiar with those, I basically go through the entire year of, you know, the highs and try to showcase everyone like the highs of playmaking, offense, defense. And uh, I went into that video. I already loved Colby Jones. I finished that entire season dive and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this kid. He just knows how to play. I, I know there's, a popular pro comp going around with this Josh Hart, um, for Colby Jones. And I, I do agree with that, but I still think Colby has a lot more offensive bag, um, to he, offer early he, on.
0: He comped himself when Albert and I did our breakdown with him. Yes. He comped himself to Malcolm Brockton.
1: And I like that one. That one kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, I think there's some special stuff defensively too. I think he's just a gamer on that side of the ball. I think he's a very smart player offensively. I mean, that guy just does it all. Like they put him in post-up opportunities. He's got great footwork. He has fadeaways. Um, he's got a nice little baby hook. Like he just, he plays bigger than he is. I think he's going to be like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six at the combine. Um I love, Corey, I haven't talked to you about him much, but I love in transition how good he is of getting a pass and just immediately knowing how to shift direction. And defenders look ridiculous because he knows, oh, this guy's momentum's going to come this way. I just cross real quick. And yet he gets so many easy layups because it's just anticipation and, and feel. And I just absolutely love the way he plays the game. So I mean, I, I'm humongously a big fan.
0: And shout out to you because you called him out I think in the summer.
1: Yeah, I just watched him, and I was like, if the shot comes around, this is a guy. I was like, this is a legit guy. And I was like, but the shot's got to come around. And then early in the year, he started hitting threes, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in a dangerous world. (laughs) Like, jaws swimming around the ocean. I was like, oh, gosh, here we go.
0: And if you want to talk about two-way wings, right, and I, I posted this on Twitter. For guys who have a usage over 20, played 15 or more games, uh, had an effective field goal percentage over 57, true shooting percentage over 59, assist percentage over 20, block percentage over one and a half, steal percentage over two, three-point attempts per 100, five that played for a high major. There are five guys since 2008. Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, Lonzo Ball, Derek White, and Colby Jones. That is a very good list to be on. So when I look at that as how much this guy filled up every aspect of the box court, that's what you want to do. When we talk about a two way wing, we want to talk about guys who impact everywhere on the court, right? That's Colby Jones. We've talked about it. This is a guy that if he went in the lottery, neither of us would be like, this team's reaching because this is when we look back, you, I would bet a lot of money that he is going to be one of the 14 best players from this draft. He might not have the highest upside, but we mistake upside sometimes because mm-hmm. what is the ups? Like there's always untapped potential with guys who have this safe floor. They don't just stop getting better because they're already good. Jalen Williams is showing that this year. Mikhail Bridges is showing that this year. Colby Jones still has a high upside with the safety that he's going to be one of the best connected two-way pieces around, you know, in this
1: class. This could be the J-Dub. And, and, and now that you brought it up, I mean, in front of the program, this could be the Jalen Williams, I think, of this class. And, and it's just because, like, he has a game that there's so much that's going to help out at the next level. There's so much that the the important part about these guys that are getting drafted when you have so much like areas of your game that can be impactful at the next level. I think that gets overlooked because that's also like, these guys are going to try to lean on what they can do on a basketball court when they're struggling as a rookie. Cause all these guys are, but if you could do a lot of different stuff, then you're like, okay, tonight I'm going to do it on the defensive side of the ball or my playmaking or creating for others. And I think he just offers a ton of stuff. And, I would not be shocked if he's in the lottery. If he gets drafted in the lottery, I would not be shocked. I think he's gonna probably have great intel. I think he's gonna probably yep. have great workouts, great interviews. I think teams are gonna fall in love with them. And yeah, um, and he's stocky. He's big boy, he's I mean, strong. He's- and I
0: I was on the court during warmups watching him shoot around, and he didn't have his jersey on. He had like an Under Armour compression tank top, and I was yeah. like. I was like, yo, (laughs) he's brolic. His shoulders are absolutely massive. Um, And as far as like the Intel, I mean, you know, NBA teams, if you're listening, you know, I spent some time with him. Uh, Chopped it up with him. So if you want some, I got it. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to the next question. Uh, At stack of bricks, 44, great handle. Who will be the better defender,
1: Walker or Hendricks? Oh gosh, that's a great one shout out to all these handles by the way just really proud of the people on the line um <laughs> it's Jarvis walker for me I, I, I think it's Jarvis for me I, I there's been some people saying oh he's really heavy-footed i'm like well he's also 240 6.8 uh yeah. looks like the hulk so i hope he's got some bit of heavy feet but i also think he's a dancing bear out there he's agile man yeah and, and i think that'll all improve he'll he'll get the timing down but I I also think we saw in the tournament even what he can do when it comes to anticipation and reacting for help side or weak side blocks recovering recovering I think he's got great instincts I really really love his ability as a defender I think Taylor's taken fantastic strides throughout Mm. the year when it comes to defensive awareness um his shot blocking is really really special the the beginning of the year, who was very stiff um, when it came to like switching on to smaller guards, trying to keep up. Then it's gotten way way better by the end of the year. I was shocked. So they're both really special talents, and I both think they're going to be top ten picks.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also going back to an earlier question where I gave you the hypothetical that Dallas moves up to four. Yeah, the answer is Jarris Walker. Um, yes, it is. Quickly on on Taylor. I love Taylor Hendricks. I saw him live uh, about a month ago with Nathan. We went to to Temple, uh, and, and he was really impressive in you know, every aspect uh, of his game, all his strengths. They looked like legit strength. He He's an NBA player. He's going to be a fantastic defender. He's looked really good moving on the perimeter, but I do think that you know, he just doesn't have that same kind of strength to level up. Like, I think Jarris is going to be the kind of Swiss army knife that's going to be able to even play small ball five legitimately. Uh, Like, I was watching one of the Celtics games where they're playing the Sixers and Joel Embiid, and Rob Williams was out, shocker. And uh, they were starting the game basically just like, Blake and Grant Williams were just like, one-on-one with him on the block in the post and just living with it. Like Jairus Walker has that kind of strength. Like it's not ideal. You don't necessarily want that to be the case, but I think that's kind of that he's going to be that kind of guy where you can trust him to eventually take those kind of assignments where it's like, all right, we're stuck, but we have this massive Swiss army knife defender that could do a little bit of everything. And I think he's just more versatile in how he can defend every single position where Taylor, I think gets stuck like his, his, I think he needs to do some yoga. His, his hips are a little tight. And when he gets like, if he's in a drop and he gets caught flat, it's so hard for him to recover. You know, at the college level, he does have the length to, to recover and, and get a hand on it. But um I think at the NBA level, like, you know, it's not a guard from Tulane that's blowing by you. It's, with some extra space, it's you know, uh, I don't know, Russell Westbrook or whoever is fast now, Darren Fox.
1: Uh, <laughs> you that know, and, fast.
0: <laughs> so, um, but he's really great and he's long and you know, as a shooter, terrific. Um, all right, this is this one's gonna be a doozy. So, oh are we gosh. ready? Yeah, ready. Uh, DJ Tobias at uh, Cabin. Gel Stan Kevin Gelly, Kevin Gelly, Kevin Gelly, Stan Kevin Gelly. I could, it didn't make sense that that was going to be what it was until I saw Stan was the last word. Um, okay, who is the real Nick Smith, the high school version where he was a consensus top five pick, or is he the subpar version at Arkansas? How much credit do you give him not shutting down mid season due to injury like other prospects in the past? Well, for one, I give him a ton of credit for not shutting it I down. I give him a ton of credit. That, that shows competitiveness. Uh, it shows being a, a great teammate. Uh, so, all the credit, it shows him trying to fight through adversity. That's all positive signs that you absolutely love to see, right? As far as who is the real Nick Smith, the high school one who is a consensus top five pick or the subpar version, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I know... um, Which sounds like we're cheating, but I think that's a legit answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had him at six on my board coming into the year, but I had a lot of questions about that. Um, And we did, on the Draft Ag Pod, we we did an episode on him, on his high school tape, Uh, and... I just didn't see the point guard stuff. And I think that was a big selling point for him as a potential top five pick. I was always like, this dude's a scorer first and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, if you think that he's going to come in and be this guy who makes plays and stuff, I think, you know, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. I think what he struggled with some of the Intel I've gotten um, is that he's still trying to figure out like, how to mesh the two together. He wants to be on the ball. He, he, that's like what he's trying to prove. And he was, because he was struggling, he felt like he needed to prove that he was capable of being that on ball guy and coming into sec play, being really young, coming off an injury. He was pressing. He was trying too hard to prove that he was that guy. And it ended up making him look like a guy that we all have a lot of questions about, uh, because the version that we saw at Arkansas is not a good player, not an effective player. And the one thing that I think is definitely going to translate at the next level, his shooting, he wasn't hitting shots. Now I'm, I'm not concerned about his shooting. I think he's got a beautiful stroke. I'm a form guy. Uh, you and I are probably the last guys in on Jurisic on the no ceilings team yeah. still. Cause, cause we're, you know, we like his form and we think he's going to shoot it eventually. But I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I think, like his high end outcome, where I think a lot of people comp him to like Bradley Beal coming into the year, I think he's his high end outcome is probably closer to Tyler Hero, and you know that's a guy that what there is definitely valuable in a playoff setting, but there's also questions about you know are you going to be targeted on the other end? Like what happens if you don't have it going? So I, I still think that there is a a role and if he lands in the right spot, he's going to really pay off his value. But if you reach for him and you take him too early, hoping he's the top five guy, I have a little bit of concern based on some of the other guys that are out there and available
1: right there with you. Um, This is the, all the preseason buzz has now become questions. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a laundry list of questions. And I've even like talked to a scout. I was just kind of asking about the the general concept of this. Cause there's a lot of guys in this class that I think this is a big storyline where it's, are you going off of this year or are you going off of what you saw before this season? Um, you know, Nick Smith's right at the top. Derek Lively kind of re-invented his stock in the second half of the season. I think now he's, he's trending in the right direction, but. Smith is is the big one where you're going to have to, I know I I asked the scout, I was just like, are you going off of one year or are you going to have to go off of what you saw before? And he he pretty much just talked to me. He's just like, it's terrifying if it's one year, but then you got to go back to what did you evaluate when he was in high school? And is this the system? Is this, you know, injuries with Nick Smith? Is it just him trying to, to get, comfortable where he just never could and I think a lot of scouts will go back to to believing in the what they saw before this year it also comes into intel like is this a hard worker is this a good kid is he gonna be passionate and and battle through it but I'm right there with you I think coming into the year a lot of people thought he was going to be the next point guard after Scoot, and Mm -hmm. throughout the year I just never seemed to see like okay this is the give him the ball all night and he's running the offense and you were spot on the beginning of the year, Corey. You were like, he's going to be more of an off ball guy. I was like, wow, really? And then the more you watched all year I was like, yeah. And Tyler Hero is the one that really does keep come to my mind. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, Tyler Hero gets force fed Miami. He has great success. They run him in a lot of, you know, on ball actions. So maybe that's Nick Smith's specialty, but the shot doesn't worry me. I think he's going to be a fine shooter. I think his head was spinning all year. And that's tough when you are buying into the preseason hype, you can't get healthy. So then when you come back, you're trying to light the world on fire to catch up. And um, he's just got to get his stuff together. I would be shocked if he was top 10 right now, because I think there's just mm-hmm. too much film that, that people are going to look at. But I also want to be shocked if he goes and lights the world on fire in these workouts. And then scouts have a really difficult decision where it's like, well, Which one are we believing? And all it takes is he goes and works out a private workout for some team. And it's like, well, Nick Smith went 88 for 100 (laughs) from three-point range. And then it's like, okay, maybe they're buying it. But he's a wild
0: All it takes is one. 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 Listen, on Twitter, I said that we had a very special guest that was going to be recording with us. It's not. Unfortunately, he's always special in my heart. But it's not the conductor of chaos you get no. Them. it's not i had to
1: pinch it unbelievable um we have
0: coming in off the bench we got my guy <laughs> Wee the plug in the building Pee, what's going on man
2: my guys my guys what's going on man i'm a little under the weather but i'm still here i'm still Our, here
0: look that's this is the flu game yeah flu Pee-wee game city here we go
2: yeah, hopefully <laughs> it's not the flu. Hopefully it's just a little cold. That's that's not. It's the cold game. Hopefully it's not the flu. It's the cold game. It's the cold game. We're we're
0: we're definitely um, crossing our fingers for that. But um, we're doing a little Q and A here. Uh, we're gonna let's get on to the next question. It's a good one. At second worst tweeter, which great another great handle. <laughs> um, Handles have been amazing. <laughs> How would you compare Jabari Smith and Brandon Miller as prospects? if they were in the same draft? Which would you be higher? Which would you have higher on your board? So P, how would you compare Jabari and Brandon Miller, and who would you have higher on your board if they were in the same draft?
2: I mean, I guess the size and the shooting is the first thing that gets people going mm-hmm. with this conversation. Um, for me, I would take Brandon Miller. I'm more so like guys that have a little bit more to their offensive game i think he puts the ball on the floor more he's not you know kevin durant or anything like that but he can he can get his own in certain uh stretches and i think for me that's a little bit more and he's not as stiff jabari is a little bit stiff for me um you know a little bit slower i think uh brandon is a little bit more fluid it's definitely tough coming off the tournament he just had you know uh jabari was was out of the gate on fire, and I don't remember him having as tough of a um, NCAA tournament. I can't think of it on the top of my brain, but I don't remember seeing him struggle as bad. But I think all in all, I would take Brandon Miller, and I think it's uh, also something about him coming from Nate Oates' offense that will translate well to the NBA. Nate Oates is—he's is, out of this world and so far advanced as far as the offensive um, side of the basketball, and I think that's going to be super, super beneficial for Brandon Miller coming into the league. Um, but overall, yeah, give, give me Brandon Miller. Uh, I think Jabari is going to be good, though. I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Twitter and the NBA world is so fast. They want everything <laughs> to happen from day one. I'm still a Jabari believer. Um, but give me Brandon Miller. Give me Brandon Miller. So
0: Brandon Miller against Florida. Uh, not Brandon Miller. Jabari in the last game against Florida shot three for 16. And that oh, was a big we go. thing on Twitter he- yeah, he, he's one for eight from three, three for six from the line. He did grab 15 boards uh, and had four assists and three blocks. So he did fill it up in other avenues. And that's something that Brandon Miller does too. That's what I love about Brandon Miller. Like Even when he doesn't have it going, like he's crashing the boards. He's making plays for his teammates. I would also take Brandon Miller. I, I know you and I had him top five at the beginning yes. of the year. We did a podcast combo and um, we did like a mock draft in the preseason. I think you took Brandon Miller at maybe three or or, or yeah, four he, possibly he
2: always depending different. on
0: yeah so <clears throat> we we've been on that bandwagon for me the more interesting comp for jabari is taylor Hendricks, because mm. i've always looked at jabari like when i remember throwing it in the no ceilings group chat last year i was like yo like who does jabari remind you of and i was like i can't pinpoint one guy but the one guy who i do think he reminds me of a little bit he just has a three point shot is like taj gibson you know because he's like a little stiff he does the right things he's gonna be a winning player but he can't really create a lot um and he's gonna you know he's gonna be a really good player but i don't think he's got like the same kind of shake and handle and like perimeter ability that brandon miller had um but taylor Hendricks, on the other hand he's a three and d guy who plays the four Probably a little bit undersized to play the five. So he reminds me more of Jabari than Brandon Miller does, even though I kind of understand where I'm at. Uh Rucker, how would you compare the two and and who would you have had higher on the board?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm at home literally with you guys, but um having the the Brandon Miller love here is really special to me. Uh I love Brandon Miller. I would have had him above Jabari and I think the world of Jabari I think he's gonna be really really dang good also comparing him to Taj Gibson who potentially has been playing like 35 years in the NBA is always a good sign so <laughs> um Jabari gonna be great I, I think we're already starting to see it to to close the regular season with the Rockets I love Rockets fans I love draft fans they all want their guys to be as good as possible to start off but um Miller is just special, man. I, I really do think he's got some star upside. I think he's got a lot in his bag right now that I think a lot of people think he's just this lethal outside shooter, and it's like, no, he, he's he got playmaking vision, he's got the handles, um, and that that size, I think he's going to be dangerous at the next level. So I'm a big Brandon Miller believer, and I, I would have had him above Jabari for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and um, Brandon Miller's also got – that mid range game that he hasn't shown yep. off this year. Cause that's not how Alabama played, but that was how he got buckets in, in high school and in AAU. So I think that's going to, I think he's like got true three level scoring potential in the league. Um, I think he's a, he's a home run prospect. All right. um, Alex magic says he asks best fit for Jalen hood. Shafino.
1: Woo. That's
2: a Pete, what question. what
0: range do you have what range do you have Jalen
2: uh Jalen is probably what uh early teen 12 11 for me mm-hmm. yep it just yeah. it just depends on that's... the day you know what I mean <laughs> the, the way yeah. the way college basketball <laughs> has been some night some days I'm like um there's been there was nights where I'm like man Jalen hush is the second best guard in this class uh outside of school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it was nice i'm like man this anthony black dude could really hoop then it's nice mm-hmm. it was like man don't sleep on case and wallace he's not the best but he just does nothing wrong and that's that's a great thing to have in the nba um so it, like i said it just depends on the night but uh yeah i would say right outside of the top 10 um to the early teens at the latest like the 14 13 or something like that i love Jalen hushefino um the best fit Man, what is what is the best fit? Y'all talk me into something because I think the there's no way that the Spurs draft a guy like Jalen O'Shafino. They'll draft way too early. Um mm-hmm. maybe Toronto, depending on where they land. But then that's also who, that's,
1: that's that's what, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. okay. Man, I'd like him yeah. in Toronto. I
0: I mean, they, look Fred Van Vliet. I mean, what do you I think there's a, a good chance he looks elsewhere, right, in free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think Toronto Might have a a chance to re sign him, but I think he's going to go to whoever gives him probably the biggest bag uh, because it's probably his last big contract. And I don't know how much Toronto wants to commit to him in that regard. So he steps in. I think that, you know, Toronto needs like a perimeter shot creator like him, a guy who at least has that off the bounce ability. Um, he's also a guy that I think Masai would like because while he might not be 6'8", 6'9", like the guys he he really, really likes, he's still 6'5", 6'6", as a point guard. So he still lets you play big as kind of a guy who could really pass the ball and score. I love him there. I also think Dallas, if they keep their pick, is a spot that he could do. Um, get, you know, the, he wouldn't have pressure to be great right away, but he, if they lose Kyrie... He's a guy that can kind of come in and and handle the ball a little bit, make some spot up shots, so he doesn't have to. You know, he can ease his way in as an NBA three point shooter. But ultimately, like I, I think he fits a lot of places. I think you could put him in Washington. You know, I I, I think he's one of these guys. His his game kind of it could kind of mesh almost in any of the spots that he's you know kind of projected to go to.
2: I I want to see right. what uh Port Portland does too.
0: Portland is yeah. gonna be very, yeah, very. I, I mean, let's see how far they're like a half a game ahead of Orlando right now. Oof. That's really the so they can get to the top five. They they're not gonna be able to catch Charlotte. Charlotte's two, they're eight games um, ahead of Charlotte. So, but they could catch Orlando. And if Dame gets shut down, top five pick. I mean, you could easily see them jump up and get one of those top three guys and then all of a
2: sudden now if that happens yeah they off the table <laughs> you know like <laughs> you gotta trade dame though man they gotta they gotta trade dame i'm they sorry
1: with dame. i need him i'm sorry blazers fans i need him out of there
2: yeah yeah it's
0: but i mean look what if 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 they get the first pick and you get victor you can make an argument that like with the way that dame has played this year and if victor is the dude that we think he is they make some move on the fringes. They got a lot of young talent they could trade. Like you could make an argument that they're right back in the mix.
1: Oh, for sure. As um, long as they have Dame but, in
0: the mix. But that's also probably a pipe dream uh of them landing Victor and uh <laughs> they probably gotta trade him.
2: <laughs> what about Chicago? Your Bulls.
0: Um well, I mean, if the Bulls get move actually, they move up into the top four. Uh, you know, I'll be very
2: excited oh, about, I about that. Y'all don't even have man. It's got to be one, right? It's
1: got to be one. Here is hey, they won the Derrick Rose year. They had like two percent, so they can't really. They they have to.
0: It's top four protected, so they can move into the top four and they would keep their pick. But here's the thing. Here's the interesting part. So if Portland doesn't want to trade Blaine, uh, Dame, and they do (laughs) want to build around him, they need to trade picks. Right? The Bulls have their protected pick it's lottery protected through 2028 so they can't trade a pick until they convey the pick to the bulls so here's where it gets interesting i believe now that they have the pick from new york from the josh hart trade mm, okay so there yeah. is if they if they want to make a trade for a future pick they have had conversations and what they would need to do is make a deal with Chicago and the idea would be they basically Chicago says the restrictions of the pick are off the table you give us that New York pick so if they want to have the ability to trade a pick they have to make a deal like that with Chicago to be able to do it that that the bulls kind of are holding them hostage so it's it's complicated but there's a a weird world where all of a sudden the bulls end up with like the 20 to 25th pick based on whatever New York does the, to end the season. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, should the recent slump of Brandon Miller scare you from drafting him? Top three. I think for all of us, the answer is no. I mean, he's he's dealing with a groin injury. Um, I mean, it's three game sample. He killed it for most of the year, lit the net on fire. Variants, like the way honestly, one of the reasons where why I've been so certain that Brandon Miller is gonna be um a killer in the league is cause I see dudes like Jordan Wara having twenty five point quarters. Mikhail Bridges looks like he is, you know, he would have been the best wing in, in, in the league if you just <laughs> implanted him in, you know, seven years ago. Like brandon miller is going to be just fine i'm not worried about that three game sample
2: the question uh, has there ever been a player who was affected by the tournament in a negative way or even a positive way i think when we get this far in the season you may have a guy that may draw a little interest the arrow may go Mm -hmm. up but there's nothing where a guy was looked at as a non-lottery pick and then he had a tournament and now everybody's like oh he's top to is that when when is that i'm ha- trying
0: happen? to i'm i'm trying to think back to the year the bulls drafted tyrus thomas like i don't remember where he was at in the mocks before that tournament run
2: mm, that's a good one but, though that is a very good one
0: but he jumped i i know his stock went crazy off that run
2: and that 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 was what Almost what year was that? Oh, this is Lamarcus 07? Aldrich. Uh right. So we're talking 06? almost almost two decades ago. So it's very rare. <laughs> I, I never really judge anybody by the tournament that much. Woo! Right. It may say something where it's like, oh, you know, another note to add, but I've never looked at somebody where, like, even if in even in a good way, like when mm. somebody is somebody's killing, it's not like, oh, Jalen sucks. I didn't look at him. And was like, oh my gosh, this guy's the number one pick. All of a sudden, it was just cool. Yeah, you like it. Like I said, you may jot down some extra notes from it. They get more games to play, but it's. I've never seen anyone where I'm like, I'm just writing somebody totally off, or I'm convinced in a. a at most, you play what six games in a tournament, and it's just like this is the guy. Yeah. So nah nah, no nah. yeah
0: it's, it's just like enjoy the ride, enjoy the basketball if. You know, a prospect struggles. What else are they doing? And like I said, Brandon Miller was hitting the boards. He was doing other things. It's not just like he was just a, a cold body out there. Don't don't overthink it.
2: Tough circumstances um, too. The yeah. whole uh, bodyguards and and outside of the hotel room with the death threats, the the growing like you said is it's very 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 weird situation for him. For sure.
0: Um, all right, Lenny Parmaccini at two oh seven Celtics. Those are. <laughs> your Celtics Rooker, uh, asks, which prospects do you see benefiting the most from combined scrimmages and who are some potential risers from measurements and athletic testing?
1: Scrimmages. Um, boy.
2: Scrimmages. Um, it's so, tough
1: because you got to project who's going to play. Um, yeah, that's always the toughest
2: yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Kobe Bufkin plays in the scrimmage and no. uses it as an no. opportunity to get himself in the lottery like Jalen Williams did last year?
1: I don't think he has to. I think he's going to get up there. That's my hot take. Okay. I think he's going to have some good workouts. I also think Kobe Bufkin might be a guy that no agent wants to send his client to go play with <laughs> Kobe Bufkin. Um, who could play at the scrimmage? Oh, go ahead, Pete.
2: I we a few years ago we went to the combine and this is the year where Ja was coming in and you know who really stood out he's he stood out so it was uh Nicholas Claxton put on a show yes Mm. Nicholas Claxton put on a show so I just went to y'all's site just to give me a clear and I scrolled all the way at the bottom like I'm going deep like um (laughs) Andre Jackson from UConn is the mm. type of guy who was like, "Oh, who you know? Who is this?" I, I don't think like Kobe Bufkin is too high. I feel like every the more the years go on, the less those guys play. I'm looking at Jalen Williams, Mike Miles Jr. That's who, yeah. Mike Holmes. Miles, the guy. Yeah, he I'm, would I'm looking at in those that. guys. Yeah, I, um, I think
0: Mike Miles, Andre Jackson's a good one too because he's going to be a madman. Yeah, like I was, I was at the Big East tournament a couple weeks Lucky. ago. And uh, I was like, yo, (laughs) this dude, first of all, you know, being a New York guy, I can't even tell you, like, I've been to the Garden a hundred times for however many events. I can't even, like,
1: I can't,
0: well, yeah, I'm from, it's, you know, home arena. (laughs) I'm not bragging about all the times I went to the Nassau Coliseum.
1: Um, (laughs) It
0: was, it's just so humbling getting to cover events at madison square garden like you know we get you know we get credentials to go cover these games at all of these places but doing it at madison square garden being a kid who was born and raised in new york going to games there my whole life like i still like every time i think of it when i'm there i'm just like i can't believe like did they mean to give me this like you know (laughs) like you, you think of the guys who have you know covered games there you know i mean that's like Mike Breen's on the mic there every night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like we get to to sit in these seats. It it was that's one of the coolest things that has happened to me like since I've been covering um basketball. So, and it's not possible without the, one the hard work everybody at No Ceilings and then two everybody who supports the the work that we do that they look at us and like, "Yeah. Come on in." So, getting to watch Andre Jackson in that context was really cool and he was an absolute fucking madman everywhere on the floor making passes dunking getting after it defensively like um you know maybe shot needs a little work uh but definitely, uh, definitely. but other than that he was he's a lot of fun to I, he's going to get in a workout or in front of a team and they're going to be like this dude is a fucking psychopath and he could play on my team any day so Miami Heat he could Miami definitely. Heat would love him
1: he's a game wrecker i love him
0: yeah, a hundred percent. And speaking of which, uh, Koji, odd job Koji, These asks notable, sl- Sorry, notable
2: sleep, ahead. notable sleepers that nobody's talking about. Now, I got before you guys answer this because you guys are the draft experts. Mm. I'm going to pose this question on top of his question.
1: Okay, we love yeah. this. P. Appreciate it. In
2: 2023, where you have no ceilings. You have the Boxing One. Shout out to Coach Spins. You have Raphael Barlow, the Draft Junkies. Shout out Raphael. Is there a such thing as a sleeper? <laughs> it's... Who is a Because sleep- I the- ask myself that because I'm, I'm on you all site daily. I follow those guys. I'm watching the YouTube. And I don't think that there's a such thing as a sleeper if you're somewhat... I like y'all go ten times harder than me. I'm just like uh I just love hmm. basketball, so I'm in a no, but I like, I don't know uh Jalen Williams percentages going to his left. That's you y'all know I get that information from yeah. y'all. So but it's just like um what's the kid with the long last name? I just seen them. Um
0: Jemsky. Yes. Y'all have been I was talking to him. him, yeah. Y'all have talked <laughs> about him
2: for so long, he's no longer a sleeper than me. He's not a yeah. sleeper.
0: He's a sleeper in the like casual. The mm. draft is coming up. This kid gets taken with the thirty seventh pick. Who the hell is this kid with the name I can't pronounce? Okay, um, but you're right. For the people that are listening to this podcast, there are very few sleepers that at least haven't been mentioned on a podcast in an article in in passing, right? But to answer this question, and because and, and it's hard because it's like some of the sleepers, it's like they're probably not coming out this year. But if they did, like a guy like um, Kobe Johnson from USC for me is like where my mind went immediately. He's Jalen Johnson's brother. Uh, he's a guy that I think if he tested the waters, he could be a guy that teams I think could be interested in because he's like 6'7", unbelievable defender great passer connective piece the shot is kind of there but you need to like imagine it a little bit like it needs some seasoning that's kind of the like at this point it's like he's the guy i would mention as a sleeper but at the same time it's not like nobody's talked about him and he might not come out this year so you know um like you said it's hard it's really hard but you you know you talk to some of the draft deeper guys They they might have somebody who's like 120th on their top two hundred and Rucker and I are like, I guess we gotta do top fifty eights <laughs> for this draft.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. I I used to think of myself as somebody who knew the draft stuff and then y'all created no ceilings and I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 not uh I'm not what I once <laughs> thought I was. <laughs> We we do it to help you. No,
1: but, We're trying to cut out time from your life. Man, and I appreciate we, it so much.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it so much more than y'all. Will ever no, but know. Let,
0: let me tell you something though. Your perspective, I think, is so valuable because yes. one, you you're in the know. You might not, you know, grind on it daily because you know you have an NBA show. But one of the things that I think is really important. And Which is why every year I have one of my, my friends who's not like in the media, doesn't give a shit about the draft until draft night, come on my show and I give him a list in no particular order and I say, go watch YouTube videos and come back with your your big board in a particular order. Because sometimes we're so deep into it that we want to nitpick every little thing. And sometimes, you know, my buddy will just be like, I watched this Ben Matherin kid. I don't know why people are mocking him at like pick 10. Like, how is this dude not like the third pick? You know what I mean? Like, it just is that perspective. It's like, what are you overthinking sometimes? So you were kind of, you're in the middle. Cause you're, I trust your opinion on draft prospects more than most people that I talk to in this space, but you also have it where it's not your pure focus. So you can kind of come at it with a clearer head. And I I think that's important because when you're looking at it day after day, and at this point, like you said, there are no sleepers. There are no guys that we're necessarily unfamiliar with. It's just going back and watching the same guys in the same games and the same tape over and over. And we're going to do that ad nauseum for the next three months. Mm -hmm. So that perspective, I think, is really valuable.
2: In a casual state, in a casual state, though, as far as sleepers, who y'all got? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, um, Rucker, you you hit him.
1: I like I, just, I, I like Majemski a lot. I think he is a sleeper. Um, a kid could play. He's just one of those crafty guys that knows how to play the game the right way. He's got some playmaking ability. I'm trying to think of who else. Trey Alexander at Creighton. Yes. I love Naquan
0: Tomlin. Yes.
1: Kansas Kansas State, nice Kansas state, state Yeah, yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like a Dembona a lot. I think there needs to get some people on that on that bandwagon. That dude is a nightmare defensively. So that's there's three names right there that I think Bona could make oh, I, I, some, th- I think Najee
0: too. James Najee. I think James Najee is yes, a sleeper. Naji, too. a sleeper. People, people uh, yes. know the name, I, but he's you're not seeing Naji clips getting posted very much on on Twitter. Yeah. When he's you not, say people know the played, name,
2: that's me. I only know the name. Yeah, in the position,
0: he doesn't because he doesn't play a ton of minutes because he's playing, you know, for one of the top clubs in the Euro League. And okay. he's, I think he's eight. Is he? Is he even nineteen yet? He's um, not. He's gonna turn nineteen
1: you know, in August. He's built like the Hulk. He looks like he's twenty five. You know? He's eighteen. Um, but he <laughs> he reminds like, me a lot
0: of Jalen Duran. Yeah. Oh, sign and me up. Yeah. I had a, like he's had playing a scout. behind, like he's playing behind Mirodich right now. Yeah. Right. Like, is am I correct? Right. Right. Rucker. Like, their their
1: whole starting five is like former NBA guys. Okay. So he's like barely getting minutes. But I had a scout in the beginning of the year. It was like if he was going to Texas, he would be a lock for the first round. Mm. I still think he could go to the first round. Like, he's just super raw, but he also like can play some crazy defense. He dunks. He tries to break the backboard every time he dunks. It's just ridiculous.
0: Um, all, right, all right. We got a couple more uh, questions before we get out of here. This one, and we might have got the answer today as we're recording this. Uh, the Two Pointers podcast asks, who's somebody that would surprise you if they went to school or the other way around if they declared instead of going back? And Kalil Ware announced that he's entering the transfer portal. He won't be testing the waters in this draft. Um, so that's uh, and then Tyrese Proctor also announced that he is coming back to duke. So those are two two big guys who um you know, maybe not shocking, but at least a little surprising that they didn't at least even test the water uh the waters somebody that would surprise me if they ended up going back um Phillips let's see
2: I was going to name him as my sleeper. I really like that guy for some reason. I just see, I, I just too. think he can be an good good. NBA player. Fix that jump he's shot. Good.
0: I like Phillips a lot. I th- I think he's going to come. I-, I don't know if he's going to go back to Tennessee, but I think that he might be going back to college. But I think he's going to test. Um, Filipowski. If he went back, yeah, that would be a big I'd be shock. surprised. I yeah. or I would be a little shocked, but at the same time I could see it. Uh, because if he's not hearing his name in the first round, he might be looking at that Duke NIL money and you know, being like, Proctor's coming back, let let me run it back and um you know, we can really get after it.
2: You what about Amari Bailey? Is- Amari's a good one.
1: He got he got hot at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that's probably the one I'm the most fascinated by if he comes back or he just like he could go that's a guy who should go play the combine. I'm yes. He should go yes. play. Yeah. That could be a yes. guy that goes yep. and has the strong games yep, yep, yep. and the Andrew Nimhard of last year, and all of a sudden it's like, oh gosh, he might be going first round again. So I feel like him. I can't figure out Dariq. I feel like he's gonna declare, but I I just have that chill up my spine of like, should go back for one more year? But I also think he should
2: go. <laughs> yeah, I think he weird. should go too.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I just went and rewatched all his stuff. We we covered him on the last draft act pod. I ended up higher on him than I than I was, but I'm still like, man, like he could be the guy that slides like Jaden Hardy. Slid. It's, yeah, it's scary. That, every, that everyone's like, "Oh, he actually he slipped all the way to the
1: second round." Wow. Um Because I love this stuff. I went back and watched his stuff too. I liked what I saw, but I was like, "Oh boy, there is a world in which he doesn't have a lot of fans in front offices just because <laughs> a, of yeah. like injuries
2: and stuff." That's the well, yeah, the injuries. I didn't. I seen a little bit of them. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I as a guy who has watched basketball early in my life it is it was tough to see a duke team be be that way and i know it's john shire's first year but that was just not a good duke team no offense to the players or anything
0: yeah and and they turned it on at the end of the year they they started clicking a little bit it took it took them a while um so i think next year is going to be a little smoother for them you know shire will have established himself proctors returning so they have I, i think next year will be a little bit better um all right, this is a big one. Alex Clutch City at Rockets. UI. thoughts on G? Thoughts on Gigi Jackson? I don't G- know how much we've Rucker and I have spoken about Gigi Jackson. So, so P, what do you think about? Yeah, I'm, about I'm gonna Gigi? let P
1: go.
2: Gigi Jackson is interesting because, like, um, I'm definitely a fan of of uh, go get your own shots or whatever. But the the older I get, the more I pr- prioritize, especially around uh, the draft, is what can a player do when they're not at South Carolina shooting up all the shots. So if G.G. Jackson, Jackson goes 18th to the Grizzlies, how can he impact – and the Grizzlies won't have the 18th pick. I'm just talking. How can he impact it. winning without being the number one guy? And that's where I always – prospects like him i like because you know who doesn't like a guy that can go get 20 on any given night but it's like if he's not getting 20 or if he's not put in a position to get 20 where does that lead to and that's all i really saw was a lot (laughs) a lot of shots a lot of bad shots um what, what about him going back to school i know it's not i know it's not happening at all i know he's gone gone but man guys like him should really consider a, a second year because I think he could be like a T.J. Warren with a little bit more season and, and development. But I don't I don't know, man. I just don't know how – and it's tough because you don't want to talk down on anybody because you see stuff in every single prospect. But the NBA is about winning and coexisting next to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker's and the guys. And if you're mm-hmm. focused on being a guy, it can go to a Kyle Kuzma type role. But even Kyle Kuzma is like, where is Kyle Kuzma – most valuable is it the washington where you can just shoot up the shots nobody cares though I, I i don't know i don't know
0: no i'm with you he he for his development he should go back to school because i do think he's a guy that has a valuable skill set of go get your own shot but it needs refining so i still want him to be a guy who has a role where he's scoring but i want a coach who's holding him accountable as for what kind of shot he's taking and put in a system around other good players to see if he can play with other good players. And, you know, the rumor is that next year is not the strongest draft class at at least up top. He was the number one guy in that class before he reclassified. So there's no reason he shouldn't be back in that range. I mean, I spoke, So I've heard different things from different NBA people. I spoke to a scout at a game. And they were like, don't you, I I actually think he's ahead of schedule. Like, I think he's going to get in workouts and I don't see how he falls out of the top 10. Now this is before he did his IG live. um, And, you know, his, his, his percentages were still bad. But, you know, when you look at it from the fact that he was 17, you know, playing in the SEC at this point, you go, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then I've talked to people that are like, wouldn't take him in the first round. Because, like you said, what does he do if he doesn't have the ball in his hands? Now, for me, like I remember we were talking about in the uh, Gigi in the summer in the group chat, and I was like, man, I've been watching his tape, and like his motor is kind of terrible. Like he knocks down shots, but he should be grabbing every rebound against the kids he's playing against. And it was just like all the little things where you're like, what happens when the shot's not clicking? I was out on. And I actually think his motor was. Better in college than it was from the stuff I, I saw in high school, and and he showed some interesting stuff. He's so talented, but like you, while I don't think he's as bad as a passer as the numbers might have made it seem this year, he's certainly not a good passer. So, like, I want to see him leverage how he scores. I want to see him attack the rim harder and use his physical gifts. I don't know if he gets that in a developmental program. If he goes, like you said, 18 to whoever, or 25th to whoever you're investing in a project, but you're not putting all of your investment into this project. If he goes fifth, a team is going to have to, you know, really focus on his development. But the chances of that, I think are, are less and less. Like, I don't see, I mean, I could see it just the physical ability. He goes in a workout, whatever. But I think he falls out of the top twenty, and at that point, like his career could go in so many different ways that just don't work out. And I don't know. It's he's a tough one for me. Where you at, Rucker?
1: He's he's becoming a tough one in this entire class because, um, like P said, we're we're rooting for these kids. We're not trying to ever talk down to him. But I almost think it's a blessing if he goes later because he'll go to a team that it's like he's not going to be the guy. Like if he gets out of the lottery goes to Atlanta, Trey Young's not going to be like, okay, you're all of a sudden the guy. Trey's going to be like, no, I'm the guy. Um, Like Golden State, like somewhere where they could, you know, get some good vets around him and be like, okay, you got to learn how to impact the game without just scoring because you're not going to be getting all these shots right away. He's so gifted. He's so talented. Like he's one of the most talented guys in this class, but he's just got to figure out the rest of the game and Um, I'm like Corey, like I I watched high school stuff and it's like the motor wasn't running high. Beginning of the year, I thought defensively, he was, the motor was like overdrive. He was just so excited to be out there. He wanted to do something. And then the IG live thing, yeah, he'll have to answer about that in interviews and everything, but talent alone, he's a top 20 guy for sure. Um, It's just, he is going to be an investment. You got to have a a smart plan in place where he's going to be held accountable and gotta get more efficient because the 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 shot creation the offensive upside is ridiculous it's it's special um and i think people have been hard on him for his assist numbers and i was like there's playmaking stuff that team was tough i I mean no offense to all the south carolina players out there or the faithful but uh (laughs) i think i saw him have two assists on one possession and both shots got blocked i was just like oh gosh like this guy's had a rough year (laughs) to play with this but um Really, really talented. I I won't be shocked if he goes on a, a war path with pre-draft workouts. I think he's going to look unbelievable against the chair.
0: There are a lot of teams that have multiple picks. Yes. So Indiana, it, you know, Indiana's got multiple picks. Portland has multiple yeah. picks, and, and you know, you can make the argument it's with off. that twenty that that Knicks pick that they they got from the heart trade, like. They took Shaden Sharp last year as kind of like that mystery high upside guy. Maybe they they go that direction with the that later pick. Utah's got multiple picks. Um, Charlotte has a late pick there, which uh, they should not take any projects ever Mm-mm. again after no. the JT thorpe High Jones experiment. Which who could have seen that going poorly? Um, but that that's kind of Brooklyn's got multiple picks. Uh, I think a team with multiple picks is where maybe a team starts going. We take one upside guy, one safer pick, almost like uh, OKC did last year with Jalen Williams and Usman Jang, where it's like, this guy's going to be a project, and this guy's just going to be fucking awesome right away. Um, All right, this will be the last one before we get out of here. TFM at TFM Gig, and he gave like a ton of players to to order so i'm just gonna pick one line for us otherwise we're gonna be here for another hour but he wants us to pick an order okay jordan hawkins grady dick and nick smith rucker you're up
1: um that would be my order jordan hawkins grady dick nick smith
0: it's my order as well
1: okay well that was fun it's Pete, my order what about well? you
2: Maybe swap a uh, Grady Dick and Hawkins.
1: I I understand that.
2: And the only reason Nick Smith will be at the bottom is just because I, I, I just don't know enough about him. I just don't, I like everything, yeah. but I got to get out of that mindset. I'm trying to mature. You guys like him is dangerous for me. If I was a GM, yeah. you, see, you see it all there. You see, but you have, you have to do a little bit more before you just get so invested, but it, he, he is he's fun to watch and i think those type of guys are dangerous because you have to worry about what guys are contributing to winning and i ro- rocky season for him with the injuries i hate that part mm-hmm. um yeah but it's something about the size and shooting with grady dick that intrigues me something about the size and the shooting guy that can shoot like that at six eight legit six eight you you can't really think twice on that type of uh that type of combination
0: so with Grady Dick, and I like Grady. I think he's going to be a good player. High floor because that size, that shooting, right, that's going to translate. Um, I actually – I was sick when we covered Grady on on the draft act, so Albert and, and Steven had filled in for me. My thing with Grady, though, because some people have him, like, in the top – in that, like, 5 to 10 range. And for me
2: – Who is the – who – I'm sorry, and Who are those people? I, I haven't seen that.
0: There are people out there. There are people out there. On, there are people good. on yeah. the internet.
1: I've been waiting. I got a list of 20 names. Here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a family
1: show. We can only. Talk, why is this draft talk like positive that? About people. Why is um, why is this draft like that? Everyone's I, got their own flavor. Everyone's got their own. Everyone's preference. got their own guys. Oh my
0: god! But here's my thing, and look, I like Grady Dick. He's going to be good. I'd rather trade, like a later pick for Doug McDermott. Damn. Because I, because th- I think he's closer to Doug McDermott than I, he, he is to clay Thompson. And that's, that's kind of what people have thrown around that he might be like, kind of like clay, like, and I'm not seeing that because you're comparing him to like, possibly the, you know, a top three shooter of all time. And that's not for me. Uh, but Jordan Hawkins on the other hand, now you got my, my attention. Cause Jordan Hawkins is a dude craziest movement shooter uh was talking to uh some like an agent the other day and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like jordan hawkins blah, blah blah probably like a top 20 guy or whatever he's like, like you gotta start thinking be- thinking bigger top 10 potentially and i was like i see the vision <laughs> i was like i see it i see the vision for him he is a crazy crazy shooter um can he create like people don't I don't think people would cr- consider him one of the best self creators from the guard spot in this class. But when you look at how that dude runs around the basketball court and you don't think he's creating his own shot even though he doesn't have the ball, you're crazy. It's, it's he's probably one of like the my three favorite guys to just watch. He's competitive defensively. Um if you told me and and this guy is got some advantages over him as far as, like, strength and and whatnot. But if you told me, like, he was, like, bargain Desmond Bain, like, in role, you know, I can kind of see a world in which it's, like, one of the best shooters. And then if he doesn't reach that kind of point, like, you're looking at a guy like Malik Beasley maybe, and that's valuable too on a good team. I'm buying into that. Yeah, you got me. It's, like, it's way easier for me to see, like, if he doesn't hit his his high end outcome he hits his median outcome it's easier for me to see how he's a contributor to a team than a guy like nick smith cuz like you said like nick smith might need the ball in his hands a little bit more or he at least feels comfortable like he could definitely knock down shots off the ball but like jordan hawkins can not knock down shots off the ball and he's got a little bit more on on ball juice than i think you know people people think he does so that would be my list as well um, Grady y'all Dick's kind of the safest option. Nick Smith is the guy who has the highest upside. I think like if he ultimately hit his ultimate ceiling, that top five that they, they thought, you know, that's the the highest guy, but it's a good grouping. It's a good grouping. Shout out to TFM.
2: What, what are y'all? Uh, and I just saw y'all had him on the show. I haven't watched round of applause. Um, Kobe Jones. Can I get some thoughts from both of you guys? <laughs> I, I love that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Colby was awesome.
0: Um, having him, we broke down film with him and, uh, super high feel, high IQ player. Uh, you know, we, we talked about him a a little bit earlier before you popped on. He is one of like five guys to have like filled up this statistical query that I ran, um, since 2008 that have hit like a certain efficiency, Assist percentage, defensive numbers, and it was Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, Lonzo Ball, Derek White, and Colby Jones from high major programs. Those are the only five guys. So it's like, yeah, he's probably not the high upside of like Halliburton and Harden. But if you told me he's Alonzo, Derek White type connective role player, those guys are super valuable. Like we I mean, Rucker and I have talked. Like if a team took him in the lottery, we w- we would give him a round of applause on draft night for realizing that. Like, all right, you might think he has a high fl- like because he has a high floor, he might not have a high ceiling, but I think that what we've seen is like those guys continue to get better in the NBA um, that have continued to get better in college. And that already have these strengths to fall back on, to get them developmental rep, reps in the league that like, if you don't produce, like it doesn't matter how high your upside is. You're not going to get that chance. Like <laughs> you might not get that chance. So we love Colby Jones. We're big, big Colby Jones guys on, on this show. And I know you like him too. Um, he's it's because you got a good eye. That's
2: I wanted him to strong. be a. I wanted him to be a Nick so bad until we got Josh Hart. He reminds me of Josh Hart. Um, yeah. Obviously, it shoots a little bit better ever recently from. I don't know Josh Hart. Well, he he came to the Knicks and he's shooting it better. But Josh Hart was shooting it crazy. Um, I was surprised that he. I saw that he did tell y'all he watches Malcolm Brogdon. That was mm-hmm. interesting. That was yeah. interesting. Like That was very very That
0: was that was one of my favorite answers that I've gotten when I've he- asked that question to a prospect. Because to me that kind of answer shows the type of awareness in the type of player that you could be in the NBA. Whether it was me asking that question to a prospect or whether I was working on one of the ESPN videos for Schmitz when he was asking that type of question, some of these guys, they'll be like, I love watching Jimmy Butler. You know, that's the guy I want to be like in the NBA. And it's like, my guy, Jimmy <laughs> Butler is one of the best players in the league. I like, I love that you aspire to be that, but like, what are you going to do when you don't? when you're not Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler wasn't always Jimmy Butler. He got on the floor because Jimmy Butler was the guy who was the 30th pick in the draft four year guy, Juco, like a dog, like you gotta be that Jimmy Butler before you could be NBA finals. Jimmy Butler, Malcolm Brogdon was such a self-aware answer of like, this is the type of role I know I could execute in the league. So that, that to me, when I heard that, I was like, I want to, I want to clap it up for this man. Cause that was, a very mature thing to say for for a kid in college.
2: Last thing I'll ask, but
1: yeah, you can ask away Pete. anything as long as it's Colby Jones questions because I I could talk for days about <laughs> <the> Colby Jones.
2: <laughs> this next one is just I'm trying I'm trying to figure out who who y'all guys that are outside of the lottery, like who y'all top because I the lottery is so you know I know I know about all the guys that are lottery projected with that I'm trying to get some inside mm-hmm. scoops on who i need to be watching up on for like 15 to 25 and i know it, the draft can go so many different ways i'm aware but like yeah how y'all All feeling right, so like I, chris murray like i haven't heard anything from him
0: in a while. <laughs> he's i i saw so i've seen him twice i saw him last year and this year um I think he's going to he's just going to be a good player. Like he's not going to be as good as Keegan, but he is going to be similar in how he's used or at least how Keegan's been used as a rookie. Cuz I think Keegan's going to expand his game in a way that Chris probably won't, but the ball just finds him. Like he's smart, he makes heady plays. I like him a lot. And those are the kind of guys that I have filled up with like my 20 to 25 range. Like that's where I have Marcus Sasser and Jaime Haquez and trace Jackson Davis, like guys that I'm just like, I don't care that they're old. Like these guys are going to, you know, play in the NBA. And when you're getting to that range, sure, you could swing on upside, but if they really had that upside that we're swinging on, they wouldn't be getting picked at 25. They'd be getting picked at seven. So how, how high is their upside um, for a lot of these guys? So that's what my, 20 to 25 is kind of filled with, but for one of those kind of upside guys, Bilal Kulabali who's playing with Victor, that's kind of an interesting name that if you want to have some fun, you go on and be like, I like how this kid moves. Like for me, big. I'm a big on on movement. Like some guys move like basketball players. Like some guys move like they haven't been getting trained their whole life. They they just move in this very specific way that is unique to, to hoopers. And he he would have been like he would
2: have been a good sleeper. I just heard about him um, a week ago. Mm-hmm. He would have been a good guy for the sleeper thing. Yeah. Tyler, he's a guy you
1: know. got... No like, cool ball is nice. I I love Colby Jones. I, I'm trying to get you some, some wild cards. <laughs> get on the Kobe Buffkin train. <laughs> City Sissoko from the yeah. G League. Nice. I just watched he's another guy season. that I he's nice that I did the film breakdown with and
0: he had one of the best personalities that of guys that I've
1: talked to. Like you could tell he's a guy that guys are going to like being around him. He, he also got playmaking vision. He also can, he gets a little scary when he gets downhill. Like he throws some tomahawks down. Like he's a little nasty getting downhill. So I put you on a poster. Yeah. He's, he's not afraid to finish with bad intentions. I like him a lot. Um, 20 to 25. Chris Murray's definitely in that area for me. I mean, Rupaire could be there. Rupaire could be there. I like him. Um, I still like Max Lewis. Um, yeah, I like Sasser too. I still love Sasser. So,
2: guys like Sasser, they just find a way to make it work. Yes, NBA.
1: yes, they do. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's yep. all I got, really. I mean. I'm still that that area is. I feel like I'm gonna have an entire new slate. Corey loves Filipowski. That's his guy. I think I'm warming <laughs> up on him. I love TJD. I'm I'm doing his uh, his film right now for YouTube. I love TJD. He's nasty.
2: Yeah, he, he's
1: crazy.
2: Shout out to him for going back to school, man. Yes, like, guys, got to start being okay with going to school and and, and just getting better and better and better little by little Mm -hmm. by little because it does so much i think in in the draft world if you're not a sure fire guy at least because if you if you have the money out there i totally get being a freshman with all of the draft buzz and just going to live your dream Mm -hmm. but if you can afford to go back i I think it does more um than a lot of guys are starting to accept and i can't believe the draft world as far as prospects agents and even teams that are drafting are still kind of not caught up on that yet like when Corey says, "I don't care that they're old," I thought as a draft society we were past that. When guys like Desmond Bain come in and and do, so that you know I can't believe that we still have people like oh Jalen Williams this year, Jalen yeah. Williams. It's like we 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 have to start getting past certain stigmas in the draft community, um, especially the the up top guys. They're the ones that get paid for it. You know, y'all No know is always going to have a job because y'all doing your own thing, just breaking down the prospects. But for guys who are getting paid to hit on these guys, I can't believe that they will look at a Hami Haquez and say. "Ah, He's 22. <laughs> if it was DeAndre <laughs> yeah. Williams from Memphis, who's 26, then I would. Yeah, understand. <laughs> but 22, man. Yeah. Baseball. That's he's a baby still in baseball. Term, yeah. 22. It was 26, 27 right. year old rookies. So yeah um that that's that's interesting. And McH- you know
0: I- what's funny? Mikhail. Bridges. Yeah, Bridges was on the when he was on the JJ Redick podcast he said you know like people were worried about his age and he went top 10 right so they weren't so worried but he was like what do you think I'm just going to turn 22 and stop fucking getting better at basketball? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like it's insane. <laughs> you know was in like my-
2: <laughs> I was in my bedroom t- just today I don't and I don't know why this was on my, my mind but a guy that I really really liked was um Darius Basley, and I think Darius Bailey's been good but I was just sitting like man what if Darius Basley like went to college for a couple years mm-hmm. we would probably have a different perspective on him I, I kind of feel like he's in that he's in that dangerous part where with the Thunder, got lost in the shuffle because a lot of young talent was coming in. Now he's on the Suns, who have championship aspirations. This is where you can't contribute to the Suns. Now you're not playing. and Now you kind of become an afterthought. I'm looking at right now he's p- playing five minutes a game for the Suns. And if you couldn't play yeah. with the, th- the Thunder, you can't play with the Suns. It's like, where do you go from here? And he's too talented of a player, and he's still so young. He's 22. So it's like, yeah, imagine if Darius Baisley was in this draft class at 22 or in last year's draft class at 21 with two, three years of Syracuse basketball under his belt. We probably, yeah, he probably wouldn't be a lottery pick. But hell, he wasn't a lottery pick at 19. (laughs) So it's like, what do (laughs) you have to lose? Yeah, you're right,
0: man. You're preaching to the choir with this. That's, I I think that it's one of those inefficiencies where, and that's, this is why I think Memphis has been able to build their team in, in the way that they have. Like, sure, they hit on Ja and Jaron Jackson, and they got lucky in that regard. You know, with Jaron Jackson, granted, though, like, they had to still make that pick. Um, to They, they still had to make the right pick there. But they are able to compete now because they got guys like Brandon Clark. They drafted Desmond Bain. You know, they, Santi Aldama, uh, you know, like, and then they got guys like LaRavia and and Roddy waiting in the wings. Like they just got these guys who just know how to play basketball. And maybe they're a little older, but like they can hoop. And you need Belarini, and that's how you, or <laughs> that's how you win games eventually. Like it's it's not enough to just have those top two guys now. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know, were granted they're in and out of the lineup or whatever. But those two guys were having trouble winning games until all of these trades were made, and they're still having trouble like it's not enough you need the whole team's got to be good now Mm -hmm. your eighth man your ninth man your 10th man everybody's got to be able to play so yeah you might be drafting a guy who's an eighth man but that's probably going to be more valuable than the guy who's you know dropping 20 a game in your g league (laughs) like so when you when you say you're shifting your perspective to talk about who's contributing to winning basketball i think that a lot of people have to do that. And I think a lot of these older guys who don't get credit for doing that are, are guys that are gonna be undervalued and, and overproduced because of it.
2: Yeah. Memphis, so Memphis that's our they have it down to a T. I even credit Memphis for uh drafting Jaron Jackson, developing them, but I think they put him in a good situation too. They were the, mm-hmm. his his prototype is the scariest because it's like him. <laughs> evan Mobley, where teams want to put them at that five so desperately bad but i credit memphis for staying with valentunas to then going to adams and letting him just be that four and now he's defensive player of the year possibly and same with evan mobley get doubling down getting jared allen you know it's that whole unicorn thing where it's like we have this four but Mm -hmm. if we put him at the five and he can maybe stretch the floor and he could but i'm liking that we're kind of getting back to uh Two power up, not two power, two front court players power forward in the center. Yeah. Like the Cavs do it. Grizzlies do it. Um, my Knicks do it with Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. We're kind of getting back to t- mid-2000s basketball where you have a traditional four and a five. But no, yeah, th- th- we we, we got to get better at um at, at encouraging guys to, to not rush it. Like I said, I understand everybody comes up in different ways. If I was 18 and I could have gone to the NBA – um, I would have went and got that bread for my mom, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I would have had the proper people around me said, say, "Hey, the bread is going to be there." You go two years and play for Tom Izzo, that bread gets a little bit longer. Um, mm. so it, it, it's an ongoing conversation, I guess. But shout out to the NIL; they're 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 yes. they're helping. A lot. Yes, they're helping a lot.
0: Absolutely. Um, and and on your two big point, I'm going to be interested to see how how the Thunder um Surround Chet Holmgren in the front court. You know, I know they got the other Jalen Williams. They they got guys like that. I'm going to see what uh, I'm going to be interested in their long term vision in that other other. I wish they spot.
2: kept. uh I wish they kept Duran. Then they drafted We drafted Duran, and we did a trade. Or they did they have a chance to get there? I remember on draft night, I was just hoping that they got Duran. I can't. Yeah, remember I think what it
0: was like I think it was like you guys drafted Duran, and then OKC traded a. It was like something with Detroit, New York, and OKC. I, it was, I remember being live on, on the stream, and we were like, and Woj didn't tweet out like any of the details. It was like piece by piece, and we were just like, this is insane, but this is where all these guys are going. So,
2: Yeah, I wish so they would have kept going. And yeah, Tyler, he's I didn't know he was a, he's a Cel- you're a Celtic fan?
1: Yeah, whole life. But see, now I do this. I got to be open to – I got to root for every fan base. Except like how you feel about the uh
2: good. the Jalen Brown stuff.
1: Stop it. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> winning winning heals all. Let's just get to the playoffs and win. We'll heal it all.
2: Hey, that's true. That's very true. I'm <laughs> I didn't know. You for were the playoffs. Soda, man. Uh yeah,
1: yeah. I try, I keep it, you know, I keep it quiet until it's postseason and then all bets are off. Okay. I like yeah, it. He's he's like
0: quiet it. on he's quiet online, not in the not in the group chat. Like no. I, I, I won't I'd even know. Remember. Like, if, if, uh, you know, our guy Nick in, in at No Ceilings is a Kings fan, like, if the Celtics are playing the Kings, it'll be like nine o'clock in the morning and Rucker will just send Nick like some meme, uh, like ready to war, ready for war tonight. And you're just like, <laughs> you forget the, that Rucker's a, a fan up until that point. I, I, I got,
1: yeah, I gotta be right, open. Guys. I root for everyone. I got Nick's faithful for No Ceilings, I gotta root for the Knicks. <laughs> It's tough. I, I go through a lot of conflicts. Emotional stress.
2: No, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am I actually hate the Celtics because I'm a Knicks it's fan. Okay.
1: It's okay. I, I, I get just,
2: it. I, 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 Division I rivals. Know. Yeah. But it's not even that. I just think I'm jealous. Jay, oh, yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, after you had Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Robert Williams just pops out of nowhere into their labs. The rich just keep getting richer. Yeah. So it's just jealousy.
1: The the Kyrie experience I probably wish I could delete, but it's okay. Um, you know, we got through it. <laughs> it worked We're out. stronger for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And look, they, they made the Tatum pick. They could have taken Fultz. True. Like yes, like every like most teams would have. And and I mean shit, they could have taken Josh Jackson, like some teams would have <sighs> at
2: that time. I wish y'all had this during that time. Oh, because gosh. there are certain guys. And even before no ceilings existed, I would always say something to Corey about certain guys and not again, not to really discredit people, but I think even last year I was like, yo, Corey, you really like Keon Johnson? I'm seeing him in the top 10. Yeah, was- <laughs> right like, I, just don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. And then he'll reassure me that I'm not tripping and then everything happens the way it happened. But Josh Jackson was the same guy where I was like, no disrespect, but top five. What? Where? <laughs> where, where? And sure enough, but I hope Josh Jackson's doing well wherever he is. He got a few chances in the league, but yeah, certain guys that I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I and there's it. certain guys that that popped that I was on board with, like Zach Levine. If y'all had this podcast during that draft, <laughs> I would I would have a lot a lot more draft clout because I was on a the Zach Levine bandwagon so hard those days.
0: Now you got. You have DraftCloud for sure, and um, for anybody who's who's not following P and, and all the stuff he's doing, make sure you do that right now. Um, P, tell everybody where they can find you on online.
2: Find me at Wee the Plug, um, Instagram, Twitter. Find me on Through the Wire podcast Tuesdays and Saturdays. Um, we're gearing up to do something special, so we might be um, and, and anybody who's watching, we might be in your city soon, and. Um, yeah, man. Continue to support no ceilings. I got draft cloud because I just take everything that they say and then I use it in my draft conversations. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> copy and paste. <laughs> hey, so go, on my group chat. go on my group chat and be like, yo, check out this dude, man. I just <laughs> <And> <laughs> so yeah, man. And um, I'm hoping we get to see you guys again in Vegas and we can yes. actually chop it up a little bit more. I know it's so 100%. so busy. Yeah. Um so we'll be out there again this year. We got to we got to actually link up outside of UNLV's arena. You know what I mean? Got to gamble or something. Um but yeah man, I'm proud of y'all. Y'all it's killing now, it. Now
0: you're speaking our language.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting no, somewhere. Now, you know. I'm
2: proud of y'all, man. I'm I'm their biggest supporter and it's good to to see you guys um continue to flourish and and, and kill it because I think um think the draft world has been needing a no ceilings. And there's been there's been people, you know, that that have done their 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 thing, Chad Ford and you know, uh Schmidt who's now with the, what the Blazers now.
0: Yep. Yeah. And sure. Chad Ford
2: retired, so um yeah, it's, it's 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 no ceilings takeover, man. No ceilings takeover. I'm happy for y'all. And uh let's get some more merch too for this upcoming yes. draft. Oh, uh, I love Oh, merch. we got
0: we got some stuff in store and and to be Tyler's with us on on here, so we could talk about it. I mean, we I, I know I've mentioned it; he's mentioned it in, in certain places. Schmidt's a big reason that no ceilings exist. Yeah, you know he 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 kind of encouraged Tyler and I to to link up and and start something, um, in the space. And you know, from there, we ran with it and built out what we did. But, uh, he, in a lot of ways, you know, we need guys like like him, like you people who are legitimately good people and supporters of good content who don't look at every little thing out there as a competition. Like everybody could eat like you're you. If if you see something that, that you mess with, like you support it, you know, you're not like, Oh, if, if this guy blows, that means that, you know, I'm going to lose my spot. You just want to big up everybody, big or small. It doesn't matter how many followers the person has. Like if you see somebody that is, is, is nice with it, like, you interact with everybody and, and that's to me how it's supposed to be. And that, you know, that's why I think we all, um, you know, fuck with each other because that's how we are too. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. So I appreciate you, man. I know no ceilings appreciates you big time. Cause you've been the the biggest supporter from day one. So, um, anytime you come on here, where, and bless us with, with your wisdom, we we're absolutely the, you know, so appreciative of that. Um, and it means the world, all of you guys, through the wire, guys. Like all you guys, anytime we we ask, you're like, I'm there. So big ups yeah. to you guys.
2: Keep, yeah, never forget it, man. Anything y'all ever need, that goes for you, Rucker, Metcalf, uh, Albert, everybody. Um, I see you. What, what's the young lady's name? I don't want to be rude, but page, I saw. Her, page, page, she's Paige, We love her. Yeah, y'all add her to the roster. We we you know yes. need it need to have women talking about basketball yes. and hoops they're yes. big uh there's a big avenue for them doing their thing they need to get their respect so I was happy to see y'all add page to the roster um but yeah anytime y'all need anything even if it's outside of being on anything anything I can do to help um let me know man please please let me know because no ceilings is seriously in my opinion the next big thing in the basketball world just the aesthetic the consistency the output um the merch the detail the themes, the coloring, it's it's all on point. And it's just about just staying committed and staying faithful. And before you guys know it, out of there. So um keep doing y'all thing, man. And thanks for having me. Thanks for always reaching out. Um, it's a it's a pleasure and a blessing because uh when y'all become rock stars, I know I'll be able to
0: <laughs> get VIP
2: <laughs> VIP when y'all have y'all own. No ceilings draft combine. It's not even gonna be the NBA combine <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> Hey
0: man, don't think that we don't got we haven't talked about stuff like that already. We you know we uh we dream. We we dream big, big dreams. We, big dreams. We know we're gonna execute it. Um all right, Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, um I'm even at though Tyler you tell under- them every day. Yeah,
1: every day. Um I'm at Tyler underscore rucker on Twitter, but follow me. Uh follow the rest of the gang at No Ceilings NBA And Pierre, thanks for coming on. Feel better. And uh make sure you make sure you check out Pete's stuff in through the wire. They're great peeps. Yes.
0: Twice a week. Um you can find me at Corey Tullaba on Twitter, uh NBA draft dude on Instagram, TikTok. <clears throat> follow No Ceilings NBA, TikTok page. That she's Killing all the socials for us, she's an absolute superstar. Um, and, and again, yeah, and thank you for coming on. And just like you know, just like you, anytime you need any of us, we're there, whenever you need. So, um, make sure you subscribe, share, all that good. Shit, uh, and uh, make sure you're listening to Nick tomorrow on uh, the Deep Dives Podcast on this feed. Until next time, we're out. Peace.